0: Through. Kenny the Jet Smith face
1: Steven Jackson face
0: what's happening happy new year to the listeners. Happy, happy new year. New year, listeners
1: happy new year listeners happy new year listeners
0: happy new year I don't think that's how that goes but whatever uh, sauce let have sauce
1: did, did you enjoy your new year's um i did i stayed in the house so you know everything was everything um, you know did the the new year new year's eve service in church uh crossover have whatever you want to call it and woke up like nine o'clock spent the day indoors with the family made a traditional black meal, watched some movies, and that was it.
0: I have a question for you. Go for it. At what point, and I'm only asking you this because I've been in the same predicament myself, but only thought about it more so this year. At what point have you ever decided or said, you know what, I'm not doing a crossover service. I'm gonna either stay home, go to Times Square, something, go to anything. But I'm not doing that.
1: It actually never once.
0: No, that's I'm glad you said that because that's gonna lead me to why not?
1: I don't know. No, it's just you know, growing up in in church, it was just something you did. It was like New Year's Eve was like, Oh, you're going to be in church. It was never any like thought behind it, never uh, a question, or that was just what it is. And then as an adult, it was just like, Okay, like I would, <laughs> I'd rather be in church than like out in the streets with a bunch of people, drunk, belligerent, crazy. Times Square is never going to be like something I, I would want to do, especially on New Year's Eve. I just do not like crowds of people i don't like is that that would that would never be like something that i would want to do i'm not a club type person so i wouldn't like just go to a club to to bring in the new year um so it was just like all right we we're just gonna do this church thing it's like what's the point of staying home and what do what watch the ball drop watch you know BT's top 100 countdown just go to church <laughs>
0: I asked you that because um, me and Tiffany were, like, joking around uh, and reminiscing about how Watch Night being the one time, like, people that don't go to church, sometimes they find themselves in church for midnight, Yeah. and then at 12.05 to about 12.15, there's an exodus of people that's just leaving because it's like, yeah, okay, well... I, I brought the new year in with God and now I'm going to play.
1: Now I'm about to go do me. you am going to get lit.
0: And you you said growing up, that's all you knew. And the only reason why I'm asking is because I said the same thing. I'm like, that's, that's literally all I thought about. I feel like the younger generation doesn't have that. They have the oh, well, I, I'll do anything else, but
1: all right. Yeah. And for yeah, for me it was just never like it is what it is. It's like, all right, we're gonna be in church. That was just I, um I was actually talking to Ronald the other day and he was like that one year that he tried to like, you know, be rebellious and like I'm not going to church for New Year's Eve and he was outside with his homies and like it got crazy and people rolled up with guns and a bullet ricocheted and hit one of his friends in the head. And killed him. And he was like, I right. like <laughs> this this life ain't for me. I'ma find my behind in church the next New Year's Eve and henceforth and forevermore, this is where I will be. So it was like for us, that was just that was just our life.
0: It, this is a, a conversation we stumbled on, uh, not because uh anything other than I want to seriously Speak to people that grew up like that and find out, well, that's one encounter that he had that made him say, all right, well, I'm not doing this again. But, like, you said you never had that desire or anything like that. I want to speak to people and find out why there was never a deviation from that. For those that haven't deviated from that, those that still, even if they don't go any time all year from... 11.45 11.45 to about 12.15, if the only time they go is for the year, now they can say they've been in church twice. One one in December, one in January. But people that haven't deviated from that, I really want to know, like, and maybe there is no real reason. Like you said, it's just something I grew up with, something I knew, like wasn't a second thought, it wasn't like anything after. I know for me, I'm always like, alright, well, if I do Go anywhere is gonna be after <laughs> after I get out of church.
1: Right. Yeah, and for me it was just like I, I don't like I have no desire for me. I guess because I was I'm not like a party type of person. I'm like I'm not like a out out like outdoorsy type and like you know it's just that's just not my vibe. So it was just like. What, every, what everybody else was doing for New Year's Eve, like everything my friends was doing, the people on the block, that was just nuts. it was just I wasn't interested in that so it was just like I'm just I'm just gonna go to church. I guess if I was a party type you know wild hooligan that and bopping, maybe I would have deviated at some point in my adulthood but for me this is just no fun in like I think we talked about it up here a minute ago it's just no fun. For me, like going to a club, spending money on alcohol, you know, like dancing, like that just doesn't do anything for me. So that's just not my vibe and that's not uh, an ideal situation for like a New Year's Eve or even for like a birthday or anything. It's like I have no desire to go clubbing, lounging, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like I can lounge in my house, you know, put the speakers on and, and vibe out. So I guess if I was a different type of person, maybe I would have when I got a little bit older, like, you know, once I had the choice, you want to church or not, you know, make my own decisions, but I just, you know, I just never thought of anything, I never, like I never thought it was a big deal, like going to church New Year's Eve, and I guess because <laughs> yeah. a lot of, yeah, I guess because a lot of worldly people did it too, like, even if that was that one and only time to go to church, it was like, all right, a bunch of sinners, people that I know don't really, like, follow God like that, but, like, acknowledge that there is a God. Um, um, A lot of people that don't really have a quote-unquote Christian type of relationship with God, a lot of sinners, people you see smoking, drinking, selling drugs, prostituting, like, (laughs) you see a bunch of them in church. So I guess for me it was like, all right, maybe this is where everybody's supposed to be and as an adult is just all right it's out of habit by now and then it's like all right this is just where we're gonna be this is is what it is
0: i uh i said this year when uh people were asking at work hey which new year's plans which new year's plans um i don't ever have plans outside of church first and then like if somebody hits me come through afterwards i will I'm never. I'm never doing a club on New Year's. I'm sorry. I'm not paying a hundred dollars a ticket to possibly be charged for. Yeah, I'm not about that life. Yeah. Um, when I was young, I always wanted to go to Times Square because I thought it would just be like the cool thing to do. And then as I grew older, I realized uh, there's. Crowds, there's niggas pissing and vomiting around you. Like I've never been, but that's just that it is what it is. Like they they say January first is National Hangover Day. There was video announcements for it and everything. Yeah, I'm I'm am I'm cool with standing in one spot for eight hours while the person next to me is pissing and the person on the other side of me is throwing. I'm good. Uh, don't have any real desire to stand there and be like, Yeah, this is so great. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. The one year, the one year I thought about it was when I worked right on uh forty second and sixth and could see the ball from my um office window. I was like, maybe I should come down here and then I was like, nah, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, nah. no. way.
1: There's no way I would be comfortable just all those people and that little like the thought of it just gives me anxiety and then nah. I don't see how people do it. I really don't. I really don't.
0: What time do you usually, or uh, I would say get home, but uh, New Year's morning, what time are you usually, like, getting ready for bed, or?
1: It's usually, like, one-ish, two. Um, past couple of years, we've been home by, like, a little before Two. Um, this year, we didn't wind down till, like, three. Um, yeah, like I said, I was up, again, at, like, nine
0: o'clock. So. Do you keep your kids up?
1: Um, no. I'll just usually let them, you know, figure it out. They, uh (laughs) <laughs> for the most part they'll fall asleep in church um this year they did not for some strange reason um and yeah as soon as we came home they, the boys were knocked out it took the girls a little while um but that's fine um yeah they the boys were boys were gone, twins had their tablets, so they it took them a little while, I and mean, then you know me and Mel was watching honeymooners and you know. Yeah,
0: uh, it was cool. I feel like honeymooners is uh is the thing to do. New Year's Eve into New Year's Day, like just like a Christmas story is the thing to do. Like it just happens. Right. If you've never watched honeymooners before, you're trying to find something on TV, three o'clock in the morning, you see Jackie Neeson talking about to the moon, Alice, and you're just like, All right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like yeah, right. yes. I'll watch one episode, then that turns into the next day, and you're like, "Oh, okay." And you know what's funny? Out of all the Honeymooners marathons, I can't sit here and tell you to this day that I've watched every episode of the Honeymooners.
1: Yeah, yeah, same. Same. It's always, like, a few episodes here and there, and then you go find something else, and then you go back to Honeymooners, and a few episodes, and then you go back to something else, and then I've never seen, like, every episode.
0: Yeah, well, that was our New Year's wrap-up. Uh <laughs> Nothing to see here, Why? folks. Yeah.
1: Well, I've always been washed, but Corey is definitely team washed
0: now. I've been saying that for the longest time, and Tiffany keeps saying, stop saying you washed. I'm like, fam, I am acid washed. This is – I'm just being truthful with myself. I mean, being, yeah. so.
1: be honest. Just be honest. <laughs>
0: When, when people say we got a lot to get to, they usually don't have a lot to get to, but I, I think there's a couple things we can. Yeah, we don't have a lot to
1: get to. Don't lie to the people, don't start out 2020 lying to your listeners. Uh,
0: I'm not. I watched this thing, um, watch this thing the over there actually about uh brand deals, and the best thing to do is to use integrity if your listeners. Uh, really rock with you. You don't want to be like, oh, yeah, go get this or try this. And it's an ad on your show. And you can't say that you've used it yourself because then people are going to come back and be like, well, Melisa said she swore by this on her podcast. And now you don't have any credibility. And your listeners are like, whoa, I'm not listening. When, when
1: listeners, listeners can't di- differentiate between an ad and like something that the people really mess with. Like, like, when I'm listening to the radio, I'm listening, like, to the Breakfast Club, and they're they doing those ad spots, like, you can definitely tell it's an ad spot, and that they don't really, you know, get their cars from, like, Bay Ridge Toyota, like, <laughs> they, they they have to do these ads so they can get money, like, I don't know, I guess maybe not everybody's that forward-thinking or understanding. And definitely i never like listened to that stuff it was like oh they just they're getting paid to to say this
0: yeah but for instance if it was like a a female hair care product that you've never te- uh, tried i would hope that you wouldn't come up in and be like yo all of all the sisters Go use this. Use code Malesis not, for 20% I'm not,
1: cosigning, I'm not co-signing nothing that I've never partaken in. Like, just because somebody else said it or it worked for them, like, that, that's not enough for me. I, I have to be able to testify to that personally. Like, yo, I used this. My hair was hella dry before. I used this for two weeks, and yo, my hair shiny, shiny now. Like, I would have to have used it. I'm not just going to come up here and be like, Get on that shame moisture, yo. I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing great things about it. That's stupid.
0: Right, a it's a good thing integrity is a part of this podcast, except for when it comes to fact checking. But it's a good thing. We like integrity. It's
1: not what? You know. it's how you pod. Don't worry about the facts.
0: Drop that ball one more time. I don't think they heard you. Drop that ball.
1: It's not what you know. It's how you pod. Mm -hmm. Nest it a little bit and make it sound like facts. You're straight. Mm -hmm. 2020. We here.
0: Whatever, face. Following views and thoughts were brought to (laughs) you.
1: I. <laughs> you be the main one up here Talking about no fact checking No fact
0: checking That's because I, I ain't lying to these people I ain't lying It's like You get up here and be like LeBron James went 6-0 and In the finals Niggas will call you out on that so quick And be like alright my nigga At least you gotta let niggas know Alright LeBron went 6-0 and but I ain't gonna fact check So to so you take it with a grain of salt.
1: That's a nasty, non-fact-checking statement.
0: It really is. And I did that on purpose. Yeah.
1: Ne- don't do that next
0: time. Uh, I did that on purpose. Don't do that Well, every yeah.
1: Year. Don't do that
0: ever So where are we taking these people now? Uh,
1: that- I want to I have a conversation about black their lack of protection for Black women, and maybe just their overall disrespect to the women within our community.
0: Can you please uh, not generalize this? Uh, okay.
1: <laughs> 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 And I read, in 1962, I don't got my glasses, Malcolm X proclaimed, the black woman is the most disrespected person in America. The black woman is the most neglected in America. Here we are, 58 years later, how is this possible? How is this remaining true? We're in an age of enlightenment and endless information, but why haven't black men come to the revelation that solidarity with black women would benefit our race More than just Black women fighting for ourselves and for Black men when necessary. The other day, a Black man tweeted, Ari Lennox and Tiana Taylor's ability to have dangerously high sex appeal while simultaneously looking like rottweilers will always amaze me. This, of course, prompted an almost immediate response from Ari saying, people hate Blackness so bad. Shortly after, she jumped on Instagram Live very emotional, to further drive home the point that people hate Black men so much, but it seems to manifest within our community. How many times do we see white men tearing down white women, Asians for that matter, or even Latinos? Of course, nothing is absolute, and there are white male, white male trolls that integrate white women and Spanish men that engage in the same. But it is not as wide-scale as in the Black community. Um, the other day, also, someone tweeted, I have a feeling the Jay Z face jeans are about to really hit Blue Ivy, and I feel sorry for her. This is coming from a Black film critic from Vanity Fair. He tweeted this after Meg Thee Stallion posted a picture of herself, Beyonce, and Blue Ivy at a New Year's Eve celebration. Collins, who is Black, as I stated before, gave way for a white writer. From Harper's Magazine to compound the situation by saying, but oh, she'll just get plastic surgery at 16 I'll allow Kylie Jenner and we all will have to pretend that she always looked that way. I can't allow myself to feel sorry for the incredibly rich. There are countless instances where the Black man has been absent and avoidant when Black women can, could have used their voices. How many Black men have aligned themselves with the Me Too movement? How many Black men held Al Kelly responsible for pissing on a child? Why are Oprah and Gayle maligned for holding black men responsible for their misguided and irresponsible behaviors? Why are we left to fend for ourselves and take care of black men? And when it comes to racial injustices like police brutality, it's black women who are on the front lines as they are the co-founders of the Black Lives Movement. Black women are always ready, ready, willing and able to go to bat for our men. Yet we are left fighting for ourselves against racism as well as sexism and the fake feminist movement. I understand that there are deep historical components here. However, now is the time for the black man to amend, to make amends for not, not being able to protect us from white slave masses that raped our women, separated our families, and brutally killed our people. Now is the time to be responsible patriots in our community. Dating, marrying, and procreating isn't enough. We need our men in our corners helping us fight against the world because as much as we love to we love for it to be true, we can't change the world by ourselves. We need our black men.
0: What say you? You wrote that yourself, or that was something you read from somebody else? I wrote that myself. I'm, I'm almost insulted. <laughs> no, no, no. I was I thought you were reading some, I thought you were reading somebody's um article.
1: No, I wrote that.
0: Okay, well, that—that's one. Hold on. Thank you, thank you,
1: thank you.
0: My standpoint—I uh, agree with some of the points you made, and some others. That's why I said I uh, hope you don't generalize it. Um, that Vanity Fair writer is probably going to lose his job. And I say that probably in you can bet money, he's probably going to lose his job.
1: Uh, I will say this, that he did tweet an apology, kind of like lack, lackluster apology. He said something like, um, I apologize for the Blue Ivy tweet. It was a it was a joke, a bad joke at that. Something like that. Something like
0: that. No. Um... The problem is, you started out with uh, the Malcolm quote and then the guys that uh, were talking about, Ari and Tiana, where in hearing it, and I think this is what people go for, they go for the comedic, uh, uh, let me type this and see how many retweets are, like, the case is going viral. Um, where I may have... Slightly chuckled when you first read it And then when you kept reading I'm like okay no That's not that cool but I, if I'm being Honest to myself I did chuckle because It was funny um, I Disagree that uh, Black men Do not stand uh, Stand up for Black women and the two Names that came to mind when you were reading Were um, the usual T.I. and Killer Mike. Um, They've been very vocal about black women and uh, being supportive of black women, not just celebrities, but um, people in the Me Too movement. Um, If I had to think of others, I'm sure with some research, I can come up with someone. That's not the, the point there. Um, I think the the thing that does need to be addressed is uh, there are times where black women, for sure, are more vocal about standing up for black men, whether it's police injustice, whether it's um, discrimination, any, any sort. You do uh, see more vocal African-American women standing up for men. Than you do, men standing up for women. Um, there's no excuse for that. Um, I, don't, I don't. I don't have an excuse. I don't offer one. But when you watch the videos of like people being uh, kidnapped or taken, I think people have adopted the mentality of, "Oh no, I'm not going to say nothing because it don't got nothing to do with me." But Not thinking about okay well What if this was my sister My mother my aunt whatever whatever? Um, People don't take That opportunity to speak out regardless Of what it is Um, I have An issue and we Mentioned it before up here I have an issue with Gail and Oprah Uh, I want to say not keeping that same energy. Yeah, they're holding black men accountable, but that's all they're holding accountable. Uh the Harvey Weinstein's, the anybody else you can think of, the Kevin um what's the guy's name that was on Kevin Spacey? Is that his name? Oh, the guy yeah. who quit? Yeah. Those people people like that, they don't have no problems with. They get slaps on the wrist and it's okay. And I I just As a black male myself, uh, go figure. I have a problem with Gail and Oprah. I'm going to use the term only singling out black men. I have an issue with that. Because if you're going to be for it, be for it. That's everybody involved. Don't just interview a certain group because it's like, oh, well, it's the black man. That's my issue with that whole thing is just that if we go and... If we going to say, oh, this is wrong, it's wrong. Don't make it, oh, this is wrong because it's black or this is wrong because it's female or this is wrong because it's white. If it's wrong, it's got to be wrong across the board. We can't make. We can't shift the goalposts when it's something we agree with or don't agree with. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Period. I do think people get caught up, especially in this day and time, um, with Twitter and writers. People get caught up trying to, and we, we also said this, people get caught up trying to have shock value. Not necessarily be first, not necessarily be accurate, not necessarily be factual, but what's going to get the biggest um, retweet? How many retweets can I get? How many times can I get this uh, this video stream. Think of Tommy Lauren when she made the comments about Jay-Z. Everything she said was one-sided and accurate. And do you think she took the opportunity to come back and say, oh, well, no, I was wrong in this regard. Look at Don Imus. Think he made uh, the opportunity to go back and correct his... No. In uh, saying Don Imus's name, I just thought of another person who uh, is a champion for um everything black, and that's D.L. Hughley. He's very vocal about um things that happen to um black men and women.
1: Yeah. Do you, as a black male, um? Um, do you challenge your, you know, your black family members and black friends and associates? Do you, like, challenge them to be more, I wouldn't say protective, maybe that's a little bit aggressive, a little bit passive aggressive, but maybe more, um, cognizant of the treatment of black women? Like is that ever conversation? Like, I know we talked about it a bit before with the R. Kelly thing and canceling R. Kelly, and we talked about seeing a lot of people. Like, I don't know what y'all, what type of time y'all on, but I am not canceling R. Kelly. And like, this is black dudes. So, I guess my question to you would be like, is that is there ever a conversation of a responsibility as a black male to be? Uh, you know, more more cognizant of, of the plight of a black woman, I guess.
0: There hasn't been conversation and in my head I feel like what's bear with me for a second. I feel like what's understood doesn't have to be spoken about. That's just me in general. But when it comes to like my son and my daughter i definitely teach my son at a young age no you're supposed to do this for not just your sister but for your mom for your aunt like for the woman in your life but also you're supposed to have a respect um i mentioned that i do uh little videos like little nuggets that i leave for him and her and that's part of those videos that conversation that dialogue um I believe when we came up here and spoke before about uh, your nephews being young and being in sports and then um, going to like diverse high schools and colleges, that's part of that conversation, that respect factor of respecting women. That's something that was instilled in me when I was younger. That's not, not something that I have to pick up on because it's a social, the social climate or, the it thing, that's something that was instilled in me. So, of course, I'm doing my part to instill that in my uh, my children, but also Tiffany's nephew, nieces, like whoever that I come across in my mindset now, there is a responsibility on my part to, to have those conversations. And if there was somebody in my family who I saw posting something crazy. I definitely would call them out publicly and privately and have a conversation with them about it because some stuff just you don't need a like or um a retweet that bad.
1: Right. Right. And maybe that maybe that goes that furthers the point of you know. You're looking for a moment. You're looking for a moment so bad that that you know two black women have to be victim of that moment for you. You know what I mean? Like if we were trying to go viral, like we're we, we're just starting our podcast and we we're looking for a viral moment or something to take us to the next level. Like we're not gonna expose things about you know our spouses or our family members you know, just in the sake of, for the sake of, of getting off. You know what I mean? Like if you love, if you love someone and you're going to, you're going to cover that person and you're going to protect that person and you're going to, you know, you're going to try to keep them out of, out of harm's sight. You know what I mean? So you're not going to, I'm not throwing my husband under the bus just so this podcast could take off.
0: I would let you, because that goes back to that integrity piece that I mentioned even for ads. But, um, I think we had a conversation might have been on here or off the air about what we were comfortable talking about. And there are times like I'll I'll take your your I'll go off of your response or um your, your cues to be like, Okay, I can go here. But there's something I will never bring up if I know it'll put you or myself in a compromising situation I think we do a really good job of talking about ourselves as individuals and sprinkling in uh, uh, things that people with mind are sharing up here Right. I think there's a line between doing that and like you said blatantly looking for going viral that's not something that has my attention at all i don't have the oh what do i need to do to go viral no i think about what what quotes what comments are going to stick out what piece of the podcast if entertaining to people is going to um generate the most conversation i don't if it goes viral it goes viral but i feel like when you chase going viral that's when things become inauthentic right I do feel like um even with Serena, when writers would um caricature Serena as this Amazon or whatever they wanted to um write about her, there were black guys then who made a stance to be like, why are the jokes only on black women when this and I say this with full <laughs> there's Adele you can joke on. there's um, Amy Schwimmer is, is is that her? you can joke on. there's um, Caitlyn Jenner you can joke on. there's anybody you name that's white and looks like their face is melting from um, heat exposure. There's too many too many white people you can joke on than going to black people for a quick laugh or quick retweet, but it it's society making it okay to be like, okay, well, yeah, I'll retweet this or um wanting to send it to the shade room for whatever whatever um shock value. Yeah. I am. I'm a big Paul Mooney fan, and Paul Mooney was one of those that made white people uncomfortable. None of his stuff would fly in this day and age. Dave Chappelle is another one who makes white people uncomfortable. Um, D.L. is another one who, like, I'm, I'm talking about people that can talk about. They've done okay. Black, 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 black. black. And now I can talk white, 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 white. Chris Rock has been genius at doing it in his career for years. Being able to take socially conscious stuff and being like, no, now we're not laughing at them. We're going to applaud black beauty and give you all your own medicine. We're going to talk about, like I said, you name any person on the list, name them. Top down. You can make a joke about any person. I just I hate that. Um the, the depiction has been oh well it seems like formulaic almost. Well if I if I make this joke about black women, this is gonna get this like that's this that's corny. Yeah,
1: that's
0: corny. Charlemagne is another one that he, he's a he's a stand for um black women. And the value that they have. And speaking of Charlemagne, I know it's gotten a little heavy, but so sure hey, yeah. Alright. Yeah, that was just my black men don't cheat. Black men are.
1: Charlemagne is funny that he's come to this, this this revelation after how many years of cheating cheating on his wife.
0: <laughs> Don't speak about the past.
1: I mean but it's it, and yeah, it's it's great. He's grown and you know I'm happy that they're, they're making it.
0: Um oh, that, was,
1: that, was nice. that was nice little up. There,
0: <laughs> little piece there. Shit, you are. Uh, as, as just uh, um, a way of segueing into something lighter, what's one simple thing that you've been like I don't want to say, but you've, you've been re amazed by as of late? It could be something as simple as. Oh, I didn't know this grocery store was like this or I didn't know this park would look like, but what's one simple thing that you found re-amazement in recently?
1: Uh re-amazement. In. Yeah. No. re amazement. Nothing amazes me.
0: That's probably a problem.
1: Nothing amazes me these days.
0: Um, Do you, you take your, your kids to library or Barnes & Noble?
1: Um, no. We I'm, used I'm to go to the library before the twins came. I used to take the boys to the library.
0: I wasn't saying it as, like, a trying to get a dig, but that was my small thing. That, like, I went to Barnes & Noble the other day, and I was like, I I forgot how great books are. Like, and it's not Barnes & Noble is just, like, the popular section. The different categories of books. I'm like, people so used to either download it on Amazon, Kindle, or, like, to be able to walk in and see hardcover books and just, it like, the definitely- different topics...
1: It's actually funny you said that. I read an article today in the Washington Post about um, 20 things that people were wrong about for 2020, and one of the things were about the year 2020. People would not find uh, books and
0: men. So it's funny that you that, that
1: you actually put that
0: up. It, it took me by surprise that, like, I was in there thinking in a couple years, and i and i'm one of those people i said in Barnes and Noble's Dang, in a couple of years the generation not going to know what like um what hardcover books are and i could be very wrong about that because it, it's it's shown Barnes and Noble's and a library still being intact shows that people really do care about sitting down with a actual book and flipping through pages
1: yeah i have a i have a book challenge for this year that I'm going to it's going to help me maybe it'll bring I might not be as amazed as you are but maybe it'll bring me back to you know
0: some sort of appreciation for like physical books I told told Tiffany my mother used to go to Barnes and Nobles and read entire books not pay for a single one of them but she would read entire books and get up and leave (laughs) And I want to restore that feeling of going to Barnes and Nobles and pulling up a chair and getting a book off the shelf, reading it, and putting it back and being like, oh, my God, that was such a good read. And I saved myself $20. (laughs)
1: That's
0: thievery. It's not thievery. They don't tell you there's nothing in there that says you can't do it. Nothing, and then that uh, says you for have to put
1: your mom to get off. But you, as tall as you are, black dude walking in a bookstore, stereotype. You're already a little suspicious. I'm sure you're gonna have some Jordans on.
0: No, nigga. Well, I I do look suspicious because I if I could wear sweatpants all day every day, yeah. sweatpants and a hoodie, nigga. Find me in sweatpants and a hoodie. <laughs> If they change my work outfit to, like, wear what you want, nigga, find me in sweats and hoodie. Pull right up to the, and you got to make sure you get there to get the good couch or the good chair that sinks in. Yeah, nigga, mess around and take a nap wake up and then finish my book.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're wild, bro.
0: Shoot. Uh, rest in peace, David Stern.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I saw that. That's he's at the top of the year. A lot of what? A lot of rest in peace pieces. Rest in peace. A lot of rest in pieces to to start the year off. Uh, David Stern, one of them, the rapper, Lexi. She passed. she was only 20 um Nick Gordon Bobby Christina's ex-boyfriend overdose
0: David Stern I feel like that Nick uh that Nick Gordon joke writes itself so I'm not going to yeah 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 not good. the only reason like not that it shocked me but it did kind of catch me like oh snap was one, you never know what people are going through. When I when I said he had a brain hemorrhage, I'm like, dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brain hemorrhage, but um, at seventy seven, I started thinking about like how important David Stern was for thirty, forty decades almost in terms of. Him shaking the hands of some of the most uh, well-known athletes and having the right mindset to push um, push something to areas where it hadn't been before. I don't know how much um, how much of that is on him, but you gotta like the dream team stuff, or I don't know. That's where my my brain went when I saw uh, that he passed it was just like him bringing high school players into the league, all that good stuff.
1: He globalized the game. He globalized the game. He took it from just you know branding it as team basketball to like there are superstars here. look there's this guy named Michael Jordan. there's this other dude named Magic Johnson. There's this white guy that's Larry Bird. He's shooting it out the gym. Look, there's some superstars right here. And he took it from just that little corny five-on-five nonsense and focused on branding individuals. And today you have that in LeBron and Kobe. He just he, just, he changed the game. The NBA was on the brink of like non existence when he took it over. It was like a little small. It was like a small business. That's exactly what he called it. He was like, it was a small business, and now it's a global brand. And, you know, shout out to him, thoughts and prayers to his family, his friends, um, everyone affected by it.
0: Do you think that's more attributed to uh, him or the players themselves? I'm not not trying to discredit him. I'm just trying to conversation. No, no,
1: no. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I... Well, it definitely takes talent, you know what I mean? Like, he couldn't have had that marketing idea with, you know, like a Robert Ori, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it took having special talent, generational talent within the league in order for him to have the idea of branding certain individuals. So, it's kind of like, you know, that 50-50 argument that we have with Belichick and Tom Brady, like they probably needed each other more than you know one could survive without the other. So you know it, the NBA needed Michael Jordan for it to to take it to that global that global level.
0: Hmm. Because even when you're saying that just now, what my mind goes to is, uh. I wonder if, in looking at these players in college, he said that kid from North Carolina is going to be special and, like, not chose to market them, but chose, like, to put those games on TV so people could see. Okay, well, like you said, well, there is this tall white guy who's shooting the lights out. Because we've been thinking about basketball before, like, it was something that. There was no shot clock. It was, it was very, very, it was very boring. Like there was, I, I wonder where all of that stuff, like I need to get to the hall of fame just to see that stuff. Because that's what, my mind is thinking like, was he part of that marketing genius that said, oh, okay, well, let's put this game on at this time. So you can watch this special player.
1: Yeah, remember the games used to be pre-recorded. Games used to be taped. <laughs> so yeah, he had he had some some level of I don't know if it was the team around him or you know like Steve Kerr had that videographer that that video coordinator um for the Warriors that he was the one that told him to insert Iggy into the starting lineup. Um, so I don't know if he had, like, somebody like that that put the bug in his ear or if it was just, you know, his ideas. But he was at the top of the food chain, so <laughs> he gets the credit. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. It took of
0: off 15. under his watch, so. Okay. Not only did it take off, it it gave way for us to have uh like American stars in China like as these almost godlike figures in China like it wasn't a Chinese player that did that yeah. Them bringing the game into national like a uh, globally televised games or even doing the um Bring international players into like into the draft. Again, I'm probably giving Dave way too much credit, but just <laughs> just trying to give respect where it's due. All right. Just trying to give respect where it's due. Um did you finish uh you? You did. You did. Yeah. You finished you. Did you see Uncut Gems? Is what I was gonna ask.
1: I didn't. Email doesn't want to see it, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Probably have to wait till that becomes available on streaming services.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. uh, Email, get a grip. It's it's for uh, business purposes. Right. Exactly. See, you you got to put it that way. I got to do research for business purposes. Sunday is uh, Power Comes Back. Yay. Final five episodes. Yay. Uh, only five?
1: Right.
0: I don't understand why they did it that way. Um <laughs> I really don't. It's supposed
1: to be like a whole nother season worth of episodes.
0: Fam, five episodes left, and they are trying to get you to buy stars for five ninety <laughs> nine <$5. laughs> or whatever that is. <laughs> I've seen more stars <laughs> commercials in the past two weeks than I have in Powers entire series. Yeah. It's
1: ridiculous now.
0: Ridiculous. But but um, I did see a commercial for a 50s new show on ABC? yes yeah that looks good I'm not, not going to even front yeah I want to I want to see what that new show hit the Um, I'll find the name in a second but fact checking's out the window here you know how that goes we're already into the new year. I had the thought of asking you if you wanted to do like uh, sh- shocking stories of the past 10 years. But I figured, no, that's too much work. No, no. A lot of work. No. Uh, but if there was... Uh, I was going to say, if there was something that might have stuck out to you uh, b- before the new year came in, about the past 10 years, what was it?
1: Something that stuck out?
0: Like something that was, for instance, Beyonce's surprise album or the whole Lemonade fiasco?
1: Um... Wait, so we're talking music
0: or just like in general? Because in general, I just, I just use those as like okay,
1: a... I will, be, I will be honest, Trump being elected president, that really did shock me. Um, Probably because no one saw it coming. All the polls had Clinton winning. Um, You know, even all the controversy around grabbing women's pussies and being a racist and making fun of retarded people. And it was just... It was like no way he's gonna be elected, and here we are. Um. So that that would probably be my my shocking moment of the decade. Like that that did it for me.
0: Um, not to be the take the cheap way out. I'm not doing this because you said that, but. When I, cause I was looking back, trying to find like I saw people posting like pictures from the decade. I'm like, fam, I don't have the time. But when I was going through my albums and looked at um, where I was when Obama got elected, I'm like, oh wait, that was actually pretty cool.
1: Mhm.
0: I distinctly remember growing my <laughs> my beard out during the, the first election because I was like. Yeah, I'm not cutting this until Obama gets elected. And I was at work looking <laughs> rough. I used to work on Wall Street. <laughs> I, I was looking rough, and I was in my house looking at the like the votes and stuff. I'm like, all right, I got to go out. I got to go out. So of all places, I went to 42nd Street to meet my friend. Um, and then somebody else called me when I was downtown. I said, "Yo, I'm at I'm at Applebee's." I'm like, alright, went to Applebee's, watched the rest of the election, and Homegirl started crying. And I was like, I can't really grasp this moment just yet. Say the newspapers and all the, I nigga, listen. Yeah, that was um that was one Huh? Um,
1: that was oh eight.
0: Huh? Well, Fits, nigga. <laughs> Fits. Oh, wait. Nigga was sworn in when? Oh nine. Whatever. <laughs> Sticks out. Stay Nah, but on a... Um, the other thing I thought about, because I was watching replays, niggas, we got Blake Griffin, man.
1: Oh, uh, Yeah. You know highlight a little, reel. Little,
0: little little ginger. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and it's only sad because the way he's playing right now in Detroit and like almost being forgotten about. But
1: yeah, not,
0: not almost niggas forgot about Blake Griffin. Yeah. Just
1: it was like the worst market you could have gone to from like L.A.
0: Yeah, they did a the nigga dirty. Cool. It's a business. Um. Yeah, but th- those were the, not blaring things, but things I thought about when I was going through just some photos and wa- looking at people's pictures from the past decade. I'm like, fam, I don't have the energy. I do like Uncle Murders wrap ups every year. That's something I look forward to at the end of I've, December thirty first
1: one of
0: those joints. Not a
1: single one? Not a single one. So sad. So sad. I don't think it's sad. I honestly
0: don't think it's sad. Did, did you see the, uh, completely unrelated, and it's gonna sound way left field, but the, uh, Charlie Clips and Charlie Clips and who was his partner? Goods versus um Hitman yeah. and John
1: John yeah Yeah, I don't really like I don't really be checking for the 2 on 2s. Um I watched it cuz I'm a fan of Clips and I'm actually a fan of all those dudes. Um, John, Ant Man goods. It was good. It was a good battle.
0: How did you score that?
1: Um, I was just—it was a debatable. I guess it's like whoever you have an affinity towards would be your winners. To me, it was like no clear cut. When
0: I think they uh traded rounds one and two. Then I'm gonna say where Charlie Clips stole the show was that third round when he uh was blackened.
1: hmm
0: That made me like I'm like, I right. cause the first two rounds I'm like, eh, yeah, I felt the same way you did. I'm like, you can go either way. But clips third round my God.
1: <laughs> Which
0: only made me excited for uh Lux and Surf. Yeah. That only made me excited for Lux and Surf. Um uh, for those of you who do not watch Battle Rap, sorry that the last two minutes of this podcast randomly went to battle rap. But nigga you're here. So you look you um there was another battle that somebody sent me recently that I was looking at at work and people were looking at me go um on lunch go crazy. Official versus uh Misfit.
1: Nah I didn't see that
0: one. Oh nigga look at that's another one.
1: Yeah I gotta watch that. I've been hearing a lot of people talk about that one. Andre actually told me that I need to
0: watch that one. I don't know if you're a fan uh, official, but I became a fan when she went up went up against Jazz. hmm Yeah. She reminds me. She reminds me of uh, Rhapsody and just how she looks and just the swag in which she raps with. Not that her bars are there, but just her look and yeah. her swag reminds me of Rhapsody. I see that. I can see that. Oh, Shout
1: out fine. To rappers, uh, huh? Shout out the female battle rappers.
0: Yeah, I like the uh, the fact that they've been mixing it up and letting the females go against the males, mm-hmm. uh, just so you can. I like to see you test your pen, man. Yeah. I like to see what you going what you're going to talk about because it's easy to prepare uh, around female or female or male or male but it's different. Um, I want to see Arsenal in that arena because he's a different type of disrespectful. So I want to see if they can get somebody that's going to match his disrespect. A female that can match his disrespect because that'll be That'll be, yeah. be dope. But alright uh, let's grab shows and mosey on out of here.
1: Um, I do not have a show, but the AFC Wild Card matchup this Saturday at 4-something. And I do believe that that will be the end of the Patriots' dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> Check that out.
0: <laughs> Alright. Um, so, we'll, we'll do this. We'll just uh, pull up the games and we'll, can, we can pick the games for this weekend as opposed to doing shows because uh, they were going right into f- Super Bowl time, baby. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so the AFC wild card, Tennessee Titans versus the Patriots. Um, NFC. I don't remember the NFC won that Saturday. I know Sunday, the Saints and the Vikings play. Maybe Both
0: the AFC games on Saturday. The NFC play on Sunday.
1: Sunday right. The Eagles versus the Seahawks, the Saints versus the Vikings.
0: Bills, Texans. That's the other game.
1: Yes. I got the Titans coming out with that one. <laughs> 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 I got I got the Bills beating the Texans easily. I got the Saints beating the Vikings easily and I have a close one for the Seahawks and the Eagles. I'm pick the Seahawks coming out on top.
0: I'm sorry. My pause is because the Seahawks cost me uh the championship and final um in fantasy football. Oh, and I'm I haven't sorry to hear. Yeah. Four points. Um, If Hollister would have stretched his arms out the last seconds. (laughs) I purposely did not watch that game because I'm like, it's going to give me anxiety. This is for the the finals. I'm not going to watch. I turned it on with 10 seconds left, and I'm like, Oh, shoot, I'm down four. I need Russell Wilson to throw a touchdown. Freaking Hollister, all you got to do as a grown man that close to the end zone is stretch your arm out just so the ball graces the line. (laughs) That sucks. Nigga got rocked at the goal line and, and just fell backwards. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, you said you had Bills, Titans, Saints, and Seahawks? Yep. Um, I'm going to regret this. I know I am. But every time I bet against Tom, he proves me wrong. So, I'm going to go... Patriots, and I don't think they make it to the Super Bowl, but I go I'm saying Patriots. I think the Bills are going to beat the Texans. Um, Saints are going to make sure that Miracle on Bourbon Street does not happen again. (laughs) I think uh, Sean Payton actually brings out all the trick plays, all the you name it. They're going to try to break the scoreboard on the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. And the Seahawks are facing the replacements on the Eagles. Ain't not <laughs> Carson Wentz don't have nobody. Nobody, nobody bro. Seahawks should uh, – win that decisively. That shouldn't be it should not be close. Doesn't mean that it won't be. Yeah, it shouldn't be close at all. Alright, well that's that nigga. Your excuses roll over. It's like uh rollover minutes. Get your excuses <laughs> ready for for Monday. Listen, that's gonna it's gonna be a, a long year so uh Kill off your family member that's been dead already. Wait till the middle of the year. It's gonna get too hot. Don't make the block hot by killing your grandfather off that you killed off in September. Don't don't
1: get it. Go go look in the paper for those obituaries. Fam.
0: <laughs> that is actually a genius idea. <laughs> to constantly browse the obituary section and be like, Oh, yep. that sounded like my cousin's name. Yeah. Gems, yep. gems. All right. Well, yeah, niggas. Well, that's all I have. Yes, sir. Ah, wow.